Shalom, this is Yara Ben Emmett with the Torah Watchman Podcast Channel. I hope everyone's been well and I've missed you since last time. I have a very interesting topic here for Christians of interest. If you're a Jew, just bear with me. If you're a Christian, please raise that, qu- that curious eyebrow of yours. A lot's known in, in Christianity about apologetics. Eh? You know how to apologize, you know how to represent your truth. You know how to debate instead of accepting everything of blind faith. People that accept blind faith end up in Jim Jones' cult and the Guyana Massacre. The title of of today's uh, podcast edition is When Will Jesus Return? Well, we go back into the New Testament, which is the Christian Bible. And the Apostle Paul, during his time, thought the end was coming. Now, people back then, you know, Paul Paul died about 55 uh, CE, you know, about the middle of the first century. People did not live very long 2,000 years ago. There were no antibiotics. People rarely lived past 40 years of age. I think the average age, uh, based on scholarly opinion, was around 27 years of age. So people did not live very long. And a lot of their children died, you know, at childbirth because of disease, pestilence, famine, of course, war. It was very difficult for people to live in Judea under Roman, uh, the Roman Empire's control. However, you know, nowhere um, it's just more clear when I point out, you know, in 1 Thessalonians, and I know if you do, you don't know what this is, but I've studied this actually in university and biblical languages and cults and things of that nature. Not saying Christianity is a cult. Christianity is the most, it's the largest world religion, the most varied and most diverse of religion there is. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church of Thessalonica, that's in Greece, because uh, a lot of the people there were, had concerns and had become disturbed about about over, over um, the death of, of their fellow believers. They were under persecution, I suppose. And, um, you know, the, what Paul was encouraging them to hold the faith and to convert as many people as you can. And Paul had taught them that, that um, the end of the age was imminent, imminent. You know, in other words, don't worry about investing all, all your money. Don't worry about planting your crops. Don't ma- worry about the next generation of your family. Jesus is coming back soon. And Apostle Paul, very clearly, just by reading his 13 epistles there, and today all of Paul's writings occurred before the first gospel was written, was the Gospel of Mark around 67 CE or AD, whatever your calendar system is. But he assured, he assured his congregation, you know, you're under a lot of adversity, you're under a lot of persecution, don't worry. The, Jesus' return is imminent, okay? And Paul believed this until the day he died. However, you know, Paul continued to write to, to uh, uh, others throughout Greece, um, he kept on convincing them, you know, the dead in Christ would rise first, and I'm reading this here, um, and then uh, some that who are still alive will remain were caught up in the air. This is so-called rapture, okay? You can read this in uh, Thessalonians chapter 4, verse, verse 17, if you're following along. 
listen, this is good even for Orthodox Jews who know what Christians' opinions are, because Christians, some of them are actively out there evangelizing Jews, even in Israel, to try to aggressively, yeah, aggressively convert them. So, you read the verse again, Paul expected uh, to be one of those that would be called alive. He, he, he wrote these things near real time because he believed them to be true. He believed they were time sensitive. There's really no other way to interpret this. So after this time, uh, um, time Paul, uh, we, we, we hear of the imminent return of Jesus. You know, Paul died around 55 CE. And then we have the ambiguous author of Mark. No one knows who wrote Mark, but it was written around 67 CE. That was right before the destruction of King Herod's temple, the second temple. So in the, in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 13, supposedly Jesus, is, this is all third party, and someone is telling a story and relating what Jesus supposedly said. You can, uh, it's known as the red print in your King James Bible. Jesus tells, tells that he would return on clouds of glory within the lifetimes of some of those in whom we were speaking. It's interesting. This is the same storyline that Paul, Paul reported uh, in Thessal Thess um, Thessalonians. It was becoming embarrassingly apparent that the prophecy of Jesus' imminent return had not been fulfilled. It was not fulfilled in the, in, in the disciples of Jesus. He had 12 of them, minus Judas. But anyway, it did not occur on the, in the life of his disciples, did not occur in the life of Paul, or any of, the, any of these founding uh, churches during his time. So these, the second epistle of Paul in the th to Thessalonians was written um, kind of uh, pseudopivographically, uh, as as is by Paul, but uh, Second uh, Thessalonians debated to this day if he actually read it. But anyway, just bear with me. Suggests that an early epistle in First Thessalonians claiming that Jesus would return was a forgery and should be ignored. So it, it was like there was damage control by the author of Second Thessalonians that probably was written after Paul had died. Okay. Now this is a scholarly investigative. Um, analysis of the information as it is okay uh, as believers in the um, in the internal consistency of scripture we're often troubled when we read passages that seem to contradict other texts what's what's amazingly true and why I believe so so heartenly all my soul and heart in the Torah and the Tanakh and the prophets and the sacred writings because they're their consistency there's no wide contradictions between one prophet and another. In fact, the major and minor prophets, they have data, data pointers back to the five books of Moshe, the things that, that Moses predicted, the prophets elaborate further on as those prophecies actually came true. So bear with me. So three times in the New Testament gospel, Jesus makes a solemn prediction. At first glance, it seems that he thinks the second coming would take place before all his followers even died. You can read about this in Mark 9, 1, uh, chapter 13, 30, Matthew 10, 23, okay? So you see, whoever wrote the gospel of Mark, no one knows to this day. No one knows who wrote any of the gospels. They're all considered anonymous. In Mark chapter 9, verse 1, it parallels in Matthew 16, 28 and Luke 9, 27. Jesus promises that 
There, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they will see the kingdom of God after has come to power. Now, you know, there's a lot of credibility claims here, okay? Paul made these grandiose claims during his time to all the churches he had founded and set up. And supposedly he wrote at least seven out of the 13 epistles. Someone on behalf of Paul after he died, maybe he died suddenly, I don't know, wrote on, on his behalf. And a lot of people do that today, right on behalf of an author that suddenly died and they want to carry on their legacy or whatever. But, um, you know, there's a continuing thread here that you have set, set your audience expectations to be very optimistic that despite your adversity, despite war and pestilence and everything else and people dying and your children dying and your marriage is breaking apart, whatever is going on horrible in your life and it was very pretty difficult to live in the Middle East during that time that you can at least hope as light at the end of the tunnel that Jesus will come back tomorrow, right? But you know, in my Bible, Deuteronomy of Davarim, chapter 18, it has a very stark warning here that if a prophet whose predictions don't come true is, is not sent by God and, uh, and that you should, that should, that he should be, you should be not be, be feared. Okay, so in other words, if a prophet's predictions come true and is, and is not sent by God and that he should not be feared. In other words, you know a prophet because a prophet of the Torah, the prophet of the Shem, has to be 100% correct and consistent um, throughout, or that prophet is false. And there was a lot of false prophets. You know, Balaam, you know, who rode on the donkey, talking donkey, whatever. There were a lot of false prophets during the time of Moshe. There were a lot of false prophets during the last days of Judea before they, the Jews are carried off in Babylon. And people did not want to hear Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, and what he was warning them. They took the advice of false prophets. False prophets have been a problem and a a litany of problems for thousands of years, and they continue, continue going on. Remember, Jim Jones, Methodist pastor, we talked about this, led his congregation, Christian congregation, to a suicide pact in Guyana. You have to know what you believe, and it has to be some sort of thread of factual truth along with that. If you have, if you read the New Testament and you were raised with the New Testament, your mother and father read you bedtime stories, and you went to Bible school, or whatever, and you just believe it because your grandmother told you it's true, and it was telling you true, but you, if you read it and it looks inconsistent, and, it, and you have to make up excuses why it's inconsistent, you have to do damage control. Um, if there was a crime committed, you have to hide the evidence, right? And a lot of that it was actually happening when the Roman Catholic Church canonized the first New Testament Bible when it went from parchments and went to actually a book, a book form. Uh, it was all written in Greek, and there were 5,000 or more different variants of those transcripts. And there were multiple, multiple debates over the divinity of Jesus, who he was, who he wasn't, the second coming of Jesus, the divinity of Jesus, the uh, Trinity, and all of this it were huge debates. In fact, there were wars. There were wars fought through Europe over these topics. G last thing in conclusion, Jesus supposedly said in Matthew 16, 28, Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. What does that mean to you? He supposedly, Jesus said that, 
and the big and the anomalous author of, of the Gospel of Matthew said in his time, well, that generation of people again, people did not live very long. So everyone was probably you know 18 years old, 20 years old, or whatever. That was their generation. Think about 2,000 years. That's an epoch of time. That's an epoch of time. There's even some scandalous things coming out of the Vatican I've read tonight that the Vatican is trying to do damage control and says, you know, in case Jesus doesn't come back like we expected him to, let's continue to faith and live a righteous and good life, okay? Yeah, we should live a righteous life. We should uh, be honest, though. We should be honest uh, with ourselves. We, when we look in the mirror, we have to live with that image. And we certainly, certainly, when we raise children, we need to raise them up in something they can believe in, that they can hold in their hands more than a crucifix uh, of Jesus around your neck. Listen, you need to have faith in these things, but based on a foundational truth. Listen, I want to con conclude with this. Yara ben Emmett, before I sign out and wish you the blessings of Hashem. Remember, the, the, the uh, Jewish Bible, the Tanakh, can be true, while the New Testament, the Christian Bible, can be completely false. But the other way is not, cannot be true. In other words, the New Testament cannot be true, and then the Jewish Bible be false. It's like the chicken and the egg. Remember, the Holy Torah, the books of Moshe, the prophets, all of this was written long before people like Apostle Paul and the disciples and all the uh, church fa fathers and everything else got their hands on things. Listen, you, the Torah is believed by almost every Christian as the absolute word of God. Why? Because it's consistent. And why? Because all of its prophecies have come true except for a small fraction and we Jews are waiting on the Mashiach to come the first time right but the, the Mashiach is not something we have to believe in to be saved we had to believe in Hashem and his holy word to be saved because it says very clearly in Isaiah chapter 43 verse 10 and verse 11 that God is one and God is and he doesn't share his glory with anyone and God is your salvation that's what the Jew believes. The Mashiach, we believe in the Messiah too. We believe the Messiah, but we believe that he will be a Davidic king. He was reestablished the monarchy in Judea. Uh, he actually, if you read in, in Ezekiel, uh, chapter 37, 38, 39, toward the end there, he will actually have a family of his own. He will have children. He will actually offer bullocks for sacrifices on behalf of his 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 uh, unintentional sins. When the knowledge of God is going going across every Gentile and every Jewish heart and soul and mind, there will have to be a choice. That output will be the Mashiach. So please understand what I'm saying is out of love and is out of logical reasoning. Uh, I ha I'm a man of science, but I'm an Orthodox Jew, and I am a man of faith, okay? If I did not have faith in something other than what I can hold in my hand, I couldn't get out of bed every morning. Listen, God bless you. Yara Ben Emmett signing out. Check out my videos, and please promote them on YouTube, Word and Board, and I will, and I will have an exciting new podcast for you before you can say, I miss Yara Ben Emmett.